0: Again, everybody. Hello again. This is uh, Jason Powers. I'm doing a broadcast today. Um, I'm going to try to. I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm going to do a video and a audio on this, and it should be quite detailed. So I want to call out or um, mention uh, Graph which is a um, site that. Uh, allows you to kind of connect the dots on on people places events things it gives you a a good way to represent um you know certain connections uh put in links and faces and images it gives you a really really cool uh cool way to kind of uh you know figure out why things are the way they are i would call it that it's a tool and, and like all tools uh uh, it has its uses and I think this one has uh, probably one of the best uses that I've seen uh, out there. And also I, I've uh, put a link in the, um, the tab on the Sprecher uh, audio uh, to a video presentation that was done recently by uh, David, uh, David Zhang who is uh, uh, doing a six part series on communism. And that's kind of the jumping off point of uh, what uh, we'll be talking about in detail today. So, but I just want to give a shout out to those two, uh, two certain things. So right now I'm looking at this uh, uh, Graph Commons uh, uh, a presentation I put together. And I was connecting how Washington, D.C. is connected to the CCP and all the tentacles that are going to different corporations from the CCP to Google, Twitter, Microsoft, Anybody in Silicon Valley, um, also to Los Angeles, where they're you know connected to the actors, to the sports stars, to the Hollywood films, and then when you get into the mainstream media, they're they're handling uh, places like AT and T, which handles CNN, and then you have the Ivy Leagues, where uh, they you know uh, for example, uh, Xi Jinping's uh, daughter. Attended Harvard, and they've donated hundreds of millions of dollars to Harvard and building uh, building resources. So here we are. We are we. Uh, the United States government publicly funds many of the Ivy League schools and sends them uh, billions in uh, uh, educational resources. And so is the CCP, and the CCP is stealing our our, our resources from there. Um, this is just evil. I've already said this many times before And I'll say it again Stop funding your enemies uh, They need to be cut off completely uh, They need to be de- uh, 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 Literally Decapitated from our institutions In any way shape or form If I was president If I was in any position of authority That's what I would be doing And if anyone got in my way I would go ahead and relieve them of their com- uh, their Duties and find somebody That would do the job um, it's that simple. I'd make it a daily. I'd make it my daily mission. I'd say, and I would I'd make it a daily press conference. It's like, well, we've uh, put somebody uh, in charge of uh, certain expectations to uh, decouple us from China in all ways, shapes, or form. And yes, there's going to cause pain, and there's going to be people that are going to dislike it, especially big business, which is the bigger portion of this. So today's a, a podcast and or uh, uh, video presentation will be uh, actually going into what I call "What's in a Name." So I'm gonna put my mug on screen. So I created this. Um, well, I put a lot of words up on a board, <laughs> uh, but I, the idea is, is um, we have these names and terminologies that we use to try to describe our problems. Uh, I, I this is not definitive, but I'll start with the list that I had put together. Uh, so you think of globalist, communist, leftists, extremist, sociopaths, psychopaths, status, authoritarians, Nazis. Um, I think you know I've, I've seen all those terms applied or labels applied to all kinds of things that are out there. and a couple, uh, some of those terms can be like put together and that would uh, generally uh, incorporate and or, uh, explained a lot of the things that we're talking about. For example, um, like globalists and communists, they basically are the same thing because global uh, communists want one one world rule. They want want communism spread throughout the world. And I, you know, look at globalists uh, when I see globalist corporations and people who uh, tend to see the world as. We need to get everybody all on the same level. Well, that's just an objective of of communism. And when you look at status and Nazis, you could you could argue that you know Nazis are more of a uh, as a as a, we've uh, been labeled by the left of um, people that uh, believe in a strong uh, national institution. So you know, if you think of, but if you really look at it. The Nazi uh, was a Nazi socialist. Obviously, socialist is just a step on the way to communism. People always think that you know, they they like to they play word games or word salad games with that particular terminology. But it's um, that's kind of they're on the same they're on the same axis uh, going towards a uh, and amongst this I forgot even uh, fascism. So you have all these isms and uh, is. That can be put out there. Uh, to describe our problems. But underneath that all. And you know, I started. Uh, this map here is going to be. Uh, not. Uh, <laughs> as definitive as I'd want it to be. But I mean. Uh, trying to put it on a board. So my char- my thinking on the characteristics. I, I'm not talking to a camera. I'm actually. Uh, trying to talk to a board. Uh, evil. Evil is one of the bigger issues. Uh, uh, crime, a uh, criminal versatility plus lies plus create chaos amongst all these things. There's, there's some patterns that go with these and I see these categories and or functions. So when you talk about evil, you're talking about creating misery. Uh, it's always about power and control, uh, destroying opponents uh, wanting attention, so many times when you think of evil, when you think of evil psychopaths, you're talking about talking about uh, <clears throat> the idea that uh, they get off on uh, getting attention for their misdeeds. Um, uh, there's a uh, psychological uh, I've heard this used many times called the duper's delight. So they like they like to be on display. And they like to smirk while they're uh, giving their giving their ideas on what should be taking place. Like somebody will ask them questions. And while they're giving the answer, there's a subtle uh, body language uh, cue or tick. Uh, the duper's delight, the little s- sly smirk. You know, uh, you know, They give away their game, so to speak. And you'll see it with many of the more powerful people that are in charge uh, when they're asked certain questions. They're not smirking. It'll be a serious question, and they'll smirk about it. And you know it's because they feel like the, the, it's kind of the the I've been caught, but I don't care. And they they let that little uh, micro um, body tell come through, and you can see it if you pay attention enough. So obviously, evil. You think of they're always cheating. Uh, they, they want inside knowledge, inside information. They always have to cheat. They always have to uh, rig the game or rig the system in order to achieve their goals. Um, because usually, it, it, even if they could win by like normal rules of play, there's no excitement to that. The the excitement, and that's where you get into the psychopathy. You're getting into the underlying. Uh, when you talk about all these labels, like I said, what's in the name? I mean it just depends upon how you' how you how you perceive yourself and how you perceive the other person in terms of politics, in terms of religion in terms of education uh, just where they're at and where that what uh, what framework do you you see the world through and what framework do you think they see the world through and that's where these uh, labels come from and how they're uh, how they're applied to people but underneath of it all is what I'm talking about. So the next thing is criminal versatility. It's always about money. There's always a money element to it. Uh, More money equals more power. They link those together. Uh, People. Uh, It's about uh, using, abusing, exploiting, um, setting people up. Uh, There's a plan. Um, You know, higher level sociopaths, psychopaths have incredible intellect they know how to deceive people they know how to triangulate people they know how to get people to be their flying monkeys and go out and do their bidding for them they use um we can go we'll go to that with the chaos thing but uh, they use planning to get what they want out of people uh, to get them to do whatever they say and whatever they do uh, explicitly Uh, They usually use things like foundations, organizations, and companies to get what they want. Uh, They use uh, do-gooder covers. So the foundation will have this lofty aspiration of we're going to solve world hunger or we're going to... Create free energy for everyone, or we're going to, you know, make sure everybody in the world has a good education. They use these real high-minded ideal ideas. It's all bullshit. We know that. Uh, that goes without saying, but it's a, a bullshit cover for what they <laughs> what their real objectives are, which are usually to soak people out of money, uh, to to push an agenda along whatever axis that they're working from. Uh, in terms of, you know, what... And and we you see these in, when I say about organizations and companies. So when you think of the UN, when you think of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, these are enormous organizations. I mean, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation actually was... I mean, their assets on books are $50 billion or more, and they're getting 2 and $3 billion per year from Warren Buffett. That's been... That was... He announced he was going to do that back in 2006, 2007. He's been carrying through on that. I mean, the last I calculated, he was at $31 billion that he had provided to the Bill and Melinda Gates organization. So, so you got, and to put that in perspective, the UN, for example, I think in 2017 or 2018, their budget, the UN budget was like $12 billion, I think it was 12 or $13 billion. So the Gates Foundation is five, almost five times as large, four times as large, but probably, you know, ostensibly <laughs> in terms of the amount of assets on their books, they could fund the U.N. for five years or four or five years. So that's pretty substantial when you think of it from that perspective. And uh, but that still, I mean, eleven, eleven billion 11 billion dollars is nothing to sneeze at. And oh, by the way, Gates funds the U.N probably the between the world bank and other programs he and the world health organization which is uh umbrellaed by the un um is funded through uh gates he gives the world health organization he gave him at least 300 million i think in 2018 2019 i don't know if he's up that ante anymore but uh he hides it and go uh the grants are sometimes uh, I see the grants on the World Health Organization are a little bit out of uh, differently applied than through the through their uh, reporting on their uh, programs. I just want to discuss that real quick financially. So, so lie. Uh, we know that lying is a big, big, big way to cover up all your misdeeds. And the you know, easiest way to do that is use the media because our mainstream media lies to us all the time. Um, as a matter of fact, if anyone is actually has any information in the same realm that the media is discussing, you'll always know that they're telling you, you know, the feeding you a line of shit. And if it's some subject you don't know necessarily about, because all of obviously none, none of us know everything about everything. Uh, we only know so much. Um, uh, you have to, but if you assume that they're lying, <laughs> if they're lying in one aspect, they're always lying. Uh, you know, I hate to call our media pathological, but they are. Um, they have become pathological. I think in prior experiences in my life, I believed a lot more the uh, verity to truth. I mean, events and circumstances, but now everything has been positioned in a way that makes me wonder. If, if, if they ever had any other thing anything other than an angle I think in prior iterations say oh probably about 19 I don't know it's probably been 75 85 uh, there was enough objective journalism done on TV or shown on TV displayed but even then that was that was uh, that was being hijacked uh, about uh, whether it be us and them, or demonization, or whatever, it was all to pro, uh, to produce an agenda. So, uh, has there been an objective media in my lifetime? I was born in 1972. Um, I doubt it, <laughs> to be frank about it. If I if I went back through all that time, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the most objective journalism out there are the ones that are. When you uh, take a conferences or videotapes of people that are supposed to be giving information and insight about things, uh, they may be the be the only time that you see people doing objective journalism or the independent journalists or the people that aren't really getting paid a whole lot to do anything. They're not working for corporate media. They're working for themselves, or they uh, they work with these small outfits that are you know run by a handful of people or a part of a network of a handful of people. Uh, The most honest journalism and the most honest analysis uh, Is obviously being done by citizens Because uh, they're actually getting into the weeds Uh, They'll go through the work, they'll go through the records They'll go through filings of governments They'll go through court documents They'll actually produce something The only thing that corporate media does is They're good at, uh, let's just say They're just good at presentation skills That's it And even that's gone away Because the the difference between you know, a guy like me who can produce, you know, uh, graphic analysis and and go link to all the corporate media outlets, and you can you can find filings on uh, uh, 10K filings or whatever financial dealings that are uh, tied to these organizations, and you can find things that are uh, more. <laughs> it's funny on certain topics you could go goodbye find uh, media organizations that are located internationally that provide much more. Analysis and clarity in terms of of what they're talking about on a regular basis. So that so I've kind of beat that horse. So we know it's about manipulation, manipulating you into uh, action or inaction, or manipulating your feelings. Uh, We'll get into that. Disinformation, providing you with you know disinfo, misinfo, but disinformation to get you uh, off. Uh, a narrative or creating propaganda. So we know propaganda is very work. Uh, mu- music usually propaganda is. Uh, you can you can put it this way: when it uh, paints either a too rosy of a picture or uh, too stark of a picture, there's usually a propaganda element to that. For example, uh, there was one just recently and it's been reviewed. So uh, Microsoft <laughs> supporting a little program out in uh, los angeles on the the teachers uh in terms of schools and it it, it, it it you know it's got the happy music in it and it's got these uh, you know kid kids asking like these little oh i don't want to get you sick mommy blah 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 uh it's very it's very emotionally emotionally manipulative um it's very it's just it it just oozes with that i mean it's it's like It's it's used as a infiltration tactic to get people to give up their rights and give up their freedoms uh, to uh, submit to this covid pass, which is garbage. This is all this is. This is all. That's all this whole situation this past year has been about is to get us to give up our rights, give up our freedoms to uh, suggest to all of us that we should be scared of every virus and everything. And there are people out there; they're that hypochondriacs that'll that, that fall hook, line, and sinker for this because they're afraid of everything, anyways. Um, they have, and we'll get into that in the next half of this. So you go through this, and you think of um, so the big lies can be sold through research papers, uh, ad buys, uh, buying off, and censorship, and the smear tactics. So, I mean, when you are talking about lies, I mean it can be presented from, uh, professionals who, who, who will do whatever, whoever's funding them's bidding. And when they do lie, you know, it's kind of like anything else. You create enough truth that the lies that you bury are, are lie by omission, lie by, uh, structure, lie by detailing. Uh, for example, there was a doctor a few months ago, MedCrams, and I, I, I've, I've read the reason why I reference him because I've watched some of his videos. Some of them are good or bad, but he was referencing a study about mask. He said that it was supportive of that concept, the mask. And I know people said, well, you know, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. He's he's a smart guy. Well, I went in and looked at the study itself. Always go to the root cause, root source of whatever it is that they're trying to tell you. That's good. Doesn't mean that They're wrong. It just uh, you just you should just question a little bit of that. So the study size, the sample size was uh, all of thirty total for both sides, 15 fifteen non-wearers, you know, placebo, blah blah blah. So the sample size is too small because any one person in that in that study, if you take fifteen, uh, say fifteen people, any one person in that study is roughly six and a half percent or almost six point six point seven percent of Of the variation in the analysis so just move a couple people if two people in that study are misrepresented you can move the uh, results quite a bit so the idea that they said there was a significance there was kind of based upon a faulty faulty setup of the study so no it wasn't uh, definitive but he was presenting it as if it was he didn't present the data he just said that the study said that the showed that masks were effective I haven't seen that mask study. There was a huge one done by the Danish. I'm just getting off on that because the the mask is another reason. It's a control mechanism. It's where evil and criminal behavior can be. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, what do you use a mask for? Use it for crime, right? You always did. <laughs> I mean, if if a person walked into a bank with a mask on, you knew there was a reason for that, right? It was to hide his identity, to hide their motivations, hide their facial. I mean, it was that was the whole point, really? And now we got a society that's pumping that out. And uh, now they're asking for double masking. Uh, So what's that going to be? You know that's going to... This whole thing has been such a joke. And the only reason why somebody like me understands this, or at least pays attention to it, is because, I mean, I was psychologically manipulated at a young age. um, And I remember that. And I also got duped. I guess you could say in my 20s, uh, relationship, uh, manner. So the third time, uh, I decided that this isn't going to be the, I'm not going to go along with this bullshit, uh, any more than I have to, which the only reason why I have to is because I know all the sheep around me don't, they don't get it. You don't, you can't have a conversation with most most of these people because they buy everything that they get off the mainstream media. That's why the media is so effective. That's the reason why if you can hijack the media, you can hijack most people's mentality because uh, between mainstream media and social media, you can push all kinds of shit out and expect people to believe it, and they'll do it. Uh, They'll believe anything you you feed them. It's it's like popcorn. Uh, If you put a little caramel on it or a little extra salt on it, it's easy to feed. People will do it. And I know people will say, well, you were manipulated 10 Yeah, I was manipulated by a psychologically abusive father. Uh, There was a reason for that. I don't want to go down that road, but, yeah, he did it for months to me. He would love bomb me, you know, say, oh, I'm a great son and this and that. And and then he wanted me to pump my mom for intel. He wanted me to ask her questions. And he wanted a certain response. And he wanted certain answers. And I had to provide him those answers. And if I didn't provide those answers for him, there were consequences for that uh, at 10 years old, that gets to be quite, you know, (laughs) hard to manage, and I went through that for months, and, uh, (laughs) I learned my, I, uh, instilled a significant amount of distrust in people, uh, (laughs) which probably helped and hurt me when, when you're growing up, because people think that you're not going along to get along, um, that didn't mean I was like, um, a hellraiser, but uh I certainly I always had an independent streak being an only child that probably helped too <clears throat> so i just raised basically by my mother after we left but then I let my guard down and probably uh took some bad habits and bad uh you know I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm a perfect person I'm not but uh when you have you know try to have relationships and you realize that you're probably not well at that time I didn't realize it but when you realize that you're not all you're cracked up to be for other people and as a young you know obviously you're when you're a male you're just you are what you are any male who has been through that experience knows knows what that's like so we won't dwell on it but uh just to say that uh uh it leaves you gullible at times and you know And it's always a struggle when you're dealing with that kind of situation. So, anyway, so last thing is to create chaos. So, we look at emotions, uh, motions. The whole expectation of this is psychological manipulation of uh, emotions because emotions uh, ring true with most people. There's a lot of people that are highly emotional uh, individuals. So, anyway... um, and when I say that, I mean, there's uh, for the last 100 years or 100, let's just say about 120 years, um, the Siggy Freud time frame, uh, when he, he started trying to del- delve into what the animal instincts and the emotions of people and, and I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, obviously. So, um, but I don't have to be, I just have to know what the outcomes of what these people have studied on. And one of the biggest ones uh, was uh, manipulation through media and propaganda to get people to buy things. Consumerism. That was done in the United States. It's also done to, uh, it, it was really, I mean, initially, it you know, with a, uh, uh, when you have a bastion as such as America was, a manufacturing prowess of uh, good traditional values, which we did have, But there was inequalities, as they always have been in life, Uh, and some of those were rooted in uh, rooted in unfortunate uh, Civil War era Uh, was um, lack of uh, finality. We didn't kill off the uh, the discriminatory aspects of life, and we had one party that adopted horrible processes in terms of that, and that party is the Democrat Party. Whether they want to, they'll never own up to it. And they've always tried to flip the script on that. Because see, the attraction to certain ideas, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not a Republican. I never was. <laughs> I mean, um, I didn't want to bring that into the situation. But to say, uh, I mean, I was, I voted Democrat, so I'm I'm a failure there too. Um, you know, back in the Clinton era, you know, I overlook, I I as young and I overlooked his. His obvious character flaws and the things that were reported on him, but politics is all just—you know—we uh, found out that the we should know by now that the D.C. is nothing but a duopoly of of uh, corruption. And that's because there's been a long-running game there of two sides pretending to fight each other while you know underneath of it all they're corrupt down to the core, and they use the my graphic, for example. You could get into much more detail of how people bounce from Washington, D.C. to the Ivy Leagues, out to to uh, Hollywood and the mainstream media. And they bounce around and they go to the lobbyist areas and they go to the think tanks and, and the agencies and they use all those different uh, varieties of, of uh, resting points uh, to continue to get money, to continue to be in the game, uh, to keep their name, and name on the short list of the next administration. Even sometimes when they're not even, not even politically aligned with them, one of the classic animals that is like that, and she's a trouser snake that just, are, she's not a trouser snake. <laughs> she's a, she's a, like a boa. She's like a a, a tentacle. Uh, her name's Victoria Newland, and uh, I bring her up over and over again because she's like one of the most. She's one of the uh, hidden swamp creatures that everybody keeps keeps on forgetting about. She gets, she gets a free pass. So this girl's resume, okay, she speaks fluent Russian. At least uh, that's the way they present her. She was, at one time, uh, she got her start in the 90s, but uh, she was employed by, and she worked for uh, Dick, Ch- uh, Dick Cheney on his uh, senior foreign policy advisor or something like that, some position with uh, his, his little team or whatever subunit. So she was there during that time. I think she went and worked as uh, either communications or something tied to the Bush administration, so directly for George uh, George W. And then she got hired in the Obama administration. She was the assistant secretary of state, and she was the point person out in Ukraine when uh, Joe Biden landed there and was doing his deal. And basically she was running point there for... Uh, biden and uh john mccain uh in their um their ability to turn ukraine into or basically we installed their uh petro poroshenko we installed their leadership out there it was another cia operation of some sort the cia is always involved in this shit um (laughs) literally and i can verify that because uh shortly thereafter so she stayed at state through uh, she was involved with uh, Christopher Steele uh, she used to take the information that he was handing or peddling around uh she's uh, when uh trump got tired she was she uh, resigned her position at the state and the next month uh so for example uh, Joseph Coffer black who's tied to mitt romney who's also a, his cia operative he was the cia's uh Chief of a director of counterterrorism in 1999 through 2001, he was a chief of counterterrorism there when uh, uh, the 9/11 happened. So he was at the CIA. He was uh, he started his training back in the 1970s, and he get, it winds up at Burisma uh, on the on their board in February of 2017, uh, alongside of Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. So, why do you think he landed out there? Uh, and also, he, uh, Mister Mister um, Coffer Black, uh, was the vice chairman of Blackwater during the Iraq, uh, the Iraq War era. And <coughs> so, these are swamp these are the swamp creatures. I know some people don't like calling it the deep state. Uh, they're the ingrained they're the ingrained mechanism of DC, the DC apparatus that we have to suffer under. These people have an objective, and it has nothing to do with serving the United States of America. It has nothing to do with doing anything favorable for this country, as far as the actual country itself. It's a they they, they pretend that it is. They always say, "Oh, there's these foreign threat, tra- uh, foreign threats, foreign threats." And then now, now just recently, they've decided that the the threats are internal, and they have a specific uh, aspiration to to take half this population and turn us into uh, domestic uh, uh, people of interest, so to speak, which is just reprehensible to my uh, my way of thinking because we're not the problem. They are the problem, and they know they're the problem. They have always been the problem. Uh, In the last 20 years, they've probably jerked around or jacked off, what, $20 trillion of our money, the people that, uh, well, Granted, more than $20 trillion, but uh, uh, we're in debt because of them. Uh, we've given up our manufacturing base because of them. They've gutted us. They've handed us over to these multinational corporations that couldn't give two dams about anything regarding us. Um, I'm just getting off on a rant because, uh, like I said, that chaos making, that's thats That's all these people do. That's what they've done. That's what they've been doing for years and years and years. But uh, we always thought it was because they, you know, there was some somebody on the other side pushing against them that they were fighting against us. Even the Republicans, but the Republicans are they're they're spineless bastards. They always have been. They just lay down Uh, as long as they get their they got their pot of corruption. I think if you looked at it from this standpoint, so D.C. you have the Democrats and Republicans. They each have a pot of corruption, or pots of corruption, so to speak. So the Democrats, it's always cities, they can be corrupt as hell, run those organizations into the ground, and they're always got their hands out saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. But the money isn't going to the people, the money's going to their pocket, and it always has been. The Republicans, their, their pots of corruptions are usually tied to the military, military-industrial complex. So they like to sit on boards of uh, Raytheon and General Dynamics and whatever. Like for example, the uh, Victoria Newland, uh, she wound up at uh, the Center for Oh whatever it is, something Century or whatever. It's a CNA or CPAC or what? I, I can't not CPAC. Uh, um, it's a <laughs> one of the uh, There's her husband. Is, her husband just makes think tanks. His name is Robert K- Kagan. Uh, they were the ones that came up with. Uh, uh the uh, uh, the new century whatever i don't know what it is it's it's just a a bunch of bullshit so is uh robert kagan and uh william crystal and uh john bolton uh and of course she's married to uh, mr kagan so so he's launched two or three think tanks so anyway she was a ceo at a a think tank for right in between the time she left the the Obama administration and she moved over she was a CEO for a year at a think tank and and then she lands at the Brookings Institute but when she was the CEO of this think tank that think tank got uh, their funding comes from some of it came from the US government some of it came from uh, like like uh, uh, it was General Dynamics it was uh, funding from Microsoft Google. They're all just being bought and paid for. That's all these people do. And then they lobby and they come up with these papers, these position papers, which are just a ways to advance whatever the corporate structure tells them to, to advance or whatever they particularly want to advance. But usually they're just paid to put out that little feeler or, or paid to push that initiative. And then what do you know? She winds up getting high, getting a nominated to go back to state so she got money from the government, and now she's going back to work for the government. And so what? You know, she—it's <laughs> just a—it's just a, a bucket of a bucket a bucket of bullshit for the rest of us. These people are just getting money, and they—they—they mass huge amounts of money. There's a reason why John Kerry and—I mean, yeah, he—he he married a, a lady worth a shit ton of money. They marry into money. And then they also start off as, you know, just getting paid two or three hundred thousand dollars as a politician, and then ten years later they're worth ten million dollars. Now you tell me how they got that. And the fact that the FBI and the CIA, these people are compromised to the to the eyeballs and they're doing it for them. This FBI and the CIA and all these other agencies, they're no longer working to actually root out corruption. They're actually creating corruption. They create it with people that they have operatives to catch dirt on these people and then they're turning around and uh, using that dirt to leverage these people to do them what do what they want them to do and they have mutuality agreements where you know it's mutually assured prison time for <laughs> between it's like okay uh, I have dirt on you and of course they turn around and retaliate and try to catch dirt on somebody else and it, it just it's, it's a vicious circle and of course it's all kept hush-hush because the media the media is they're they're all in it too. They're all in on this stuff. They enjoy it. Uh, that they, they enjoy hiding secrets and they enjoy exposing secrets dependent upon whether you're the flavor of the month. This is like the Andrew Cuomo thing. Uh, yeah, he, he's probably killed fifteen thousand people. He sent he sent a bunch of vulnerable people to the nursing homes, got them sick, got them killed with the rest you know, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, I'm, I can't imagine the horror stories there I really can't I don't even want to know uh, To be frank I really don't Because it, it would just be even that much more depressing But it won't be investigated That's why they came up with these uh, Suddenly these women come all out of the closet To oh, He's been uh, I, I found an article from back in the fucking 90's That showed he was being an asshole back then And they let it go Or, or let me say Let me back up Back track, it was 2001, but it was about his behavior in the 1990s when he was at HUD, he was a HUD secretary, and uh, he was uh, harassing, actually he harassed a, he did harass a lady, but it was more uh, from a standpoint of harassing her business through the means of the HUD administration, which was Catherine Austin Fitz. So anyway, so Mr. Cuomo, Mr. Homo Cuomo, has uh, been a dilly daddling and and doing all these other stuff but that that's just a cover because see he can recover from sexual allegations they you know they'll 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 probably figure out a way for him to step down or get get him out of the office and they'll 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 say it oh it's on that but they won't do a thorough investigation of his his actual crime or his huge crime because why because That'll look really bad for the Democratic Party, and they can't have that. They never want to investigate. They'll never investigate themselves. Uh, they're they're hell bent on, you know, they'll get any Republican for anything, and most of the Republican guys will just lay down and take it. And they'll come back, and they'll wind up as a news anchor on some fucking third rate show that we have to listen to, and listen to them pontificate about how good or bad they are. It's all a cracker crap. And once you start seeing all this stuff, you really get annoyed with it. But then there is nothing you can do about it because, (sighs) you know, no matter how much you mention it to these people, we have so many people out here that are such sheep that are just they're still stuck in a partisan paradigm. I mean, even I, to a degree, I, I, you know, as much as I, you know, I I think I try to support Trump. I mean, I realized he's he's just another politician or just another guy, and you can, there'll be people that'll tell me, all, I don't know everything there is to know about Trump, and I'm sure if I talk to 20 people, they have 20 different uh, pieces of information about Trump to try to build a cross-profile. I've read enough about what they've done to him to demonize him, and I didn't even want to bring him up in this, but... Um, the concept here is, is as many people... I My, my concept with him was is as many people who were out to get him from all the different silos uh, in D.C. and media and Hollywood and China and everywhere else in abroad. I'm thinking um, when that many people are out to get you, <laughs> it isn't because you're evil. It really isn't because... <laughs> He, if you really look at what his policies were, they were rather benign uh, in respect to what, what he even could have accomplished. And when I say benign, I mean there weren't anything that most uh, that 20 or 30 years ago wouldn't have been a status quo uh, in terms of like the wall and uh, lower taxes or whatever else, and uh, not letting trans, uh, trans people into the military. That wouldn't have been a hard issue to settle. I'm just using those examples. There's, you know, there's millions of policy examples, and uh, not starting a, a foreign war. I mean, that doesn't mean that he didn't keep keep us in, embedded in some of these places. It just means that we didn't go start shooting, start another shooting match somewhere. Um, so, no, he's far from per, uh, far from perfect. I'd say he's about a B minus president. But then again, that's just me. Uh, everybody's got their own. Uh, particular viewpoint on that and yeah i know he's personally flawed most people are if you've lived any kind of life if you've lived more than 30 years in this world and done anything at all you have bound to have made a shit ton of mistakes if you don't know that by now you're 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 delusional yourself you need to work on that <laughs> because frankly i'm not i'm not trying to uh, dismiss people for their uh, inadequacies or, or or say that, you know, that's okay as long as you, you've tried to do better on that uh, inadequacy. But there's so many people that just refuse to accept that, you know, that's going to happen over and over again. And, oh, by the way, when you're as rich as he was and, and worked in New York City of all places, New York City, I mean, that's a home to the mainstream media. Um, I can remember the media didn't have any kind of really negative output uh, output on him until about 2015 2016 Now, just put that in perspective it tells you what kind of media you really have it tells you that the media uh, you're the flavor of the month and they're always what they're what the media is always doing for you is this if the media is supposedly supposed to build you up they also have to knock you down why because the media doesn't care about whether you're good or evil all they care about is how much money they can make off your persona. That's what they did with trump i mean hey he was he was beloved and put on air and put in movies and blah 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 blah. and when he got anywhere near the political realm, uh well, guess what we gotta, it's time to turn turn the tables on him. He's a Nazi, <laughs> and everybody had to believe that, no matter what did not matter what the... We couldn't even have a policy conversation. We never did have a policy conversation in this country. Any policy that was even so much as mentioned, it turned into a incendiary atomic bomb. Now, I know that a lot of that had to do with the fact that the prior administration had their objectives. And they tore apart this country. Believe it or not, most people don't want to realize that. I've gotten off on a tangent there, so... All right, so... When I was going through this, uh, you think of all the places that we, uh, we deal with this situation. Um, I just talked about politics a ton. You have religion, uh, which is tied to you know politics and tied to government. Uh, religion, the, the idea has always been to re- remove religion from this, the conversation. That's the reason why. What's in the name? Uh, if you get rid of, uh, when I talk about religion or spirituality, depending upon how you want to present this. Okay, I believe in God. I believe there's one God. That doesn't necessarily mean that... uh, That that doesn't mean I'm right. It just means that's what I believe. And when I believe that, my belief in that, my belief in that is that I know that there's something much, much, much greater at, at hand in this universe than anything that I can even comprehend. There's no way that this whole batch of magic tricks has uh, just happened there's there's no way that i should be able to talk to you or be on a videotape if there wasn't some interesting things going on it's not through human ingenuity per se because uh, by the way mostly hu- human ingenuity if we if we destroy this nation or destroy this world in some way shape or form like you know go backwards 500 years do you think you're going to rebuild it the exact same way? Do you think it's going to get rebuilt the same way? Do you think that we aren't going to miss something on the way back? Um, are human beings' mentality going to be the same? Are we going to build from the same... Uh, uh, there's there is a stability and there's a fragility that's missed, I think, in amongst the people. Um, and how fragile this all is. But I know this, it doesn't... It isn't operating on our on our on our uh, plane, whatever it is. Something else is uh, uh, not necessarily. I don't even think they control anything. I don't think they want to control anything. But then again, whatever God is and how it functions, uh, it's not going to be. It's not up to me to to have the final uh, have the final answer on that. And oh, by the way, I don't think anybody else who who presents it. They're just presenting what they think, uh, you know, the, the what you want to call it, the historical thinking that they believe is with Buddha or with Jesus or with Muhammad of all things. You know, I'm not, I'm not very big on uh, Muslims, and I'm not big on the on the Muslim faith. But that that being said, I'm not going to throw everybody under the bus because the ones that have reformed. Uh, especially if they've come out and said, uh, what this faith is actually based up on. I'm at least willing to listen to those people. Um, I'm willing to, I take people one at one at a time. I'm only, um, I'm only one person. And I think most people have their own individual thoughts. And I try to take everybody as, you know, as much as possible through that lens and not just group them based upon, you know, whatever. Put this way, if you identify yourself based upon some outward appearance, uh, you've probably lost the game of life already because uh, who you are is is an internalized conversation. Um, The outward is just what is most easiest for everybody to access in terms of how they figure figure you out uh, or how they decide they want to figure you out um, in terms of... I mean to look at me on camera obviously I'm a bald headed white guy so everybody assumes makes some some assumptions well one of those assumptions I'll I'll nix right away I'm bald because for the (laughs) as I went bald at about age uh, 28 or 27 and and after a while I got tired of uh, going to the barber shop and, and letting somebody else cut my hair for me when I could just do it myself so I started shaving my head that's all it is I didn't I don't really particularly care for this look, but it's just—it's uh, the easiest one to maintain. So that's the only reason why I do it, and I did that long ago. So, and I know there's—you know—there's been many groups out there that have used uh, they use terminology and labeling to get people where they want them to be, or to put them on the defensive. And that's one of the biggest parts, parts with those isms up there, like communism. Communism is all about uh, divisive rhetoric, divisive labeling, lying about everything and everybody. Communism is never based in truth. It's based in lies, pure lies in most cases. Uh, there's a book called The Naked Communist that most people can read. It was written by, uh, uh, written by a former FBI agent back in the 1950s. Um, it's a good read. Uh, it's good because it's, it, it, it nothing has really changed. It only readapts more into the uh, only thing that changes is the ling- linguistic tech, uh linguistic labeling uh social justice and all this other garbage that's gotten thrown into the language uh cancel culture you know it's it's just an update on science uh, silencing and censorship and and whatever uh whatever methodology to get people uh cornered uh and on the uh, us versus them, these silos of oppression, so to speak, or whatever they want to call it. That that's another one. intersectionality. That's just another linguistic trick too. It's just a way to divvy people up a little bit differently, uh, so that we can get people against each other. Uh, you know, the, and then and then uh, of course they also try to sell people these new concept of diversity and inclusion, which is another communist. Uh, PS uh, crap of garbage. You it, it, see, it, there's uh, I was a uh, thing I had. Uh, I said this earlier, but I didn't get get a chance to. So they'll take. They'll use really big words to uh, to try to define simple things, and they'll also use simple words to define very complex ideas. Now people uh, and and they'll they'll do the simple words for for complex ideas, not for understanding what they're doing. Is trying to do. To, devalue a complex idea or to, uh, to bring it, they're not trying to bring it down to the masses, they're trying to, they're just trying to dismiss it. Because there are some complex ideas, far more complex than I can talk about, that people will just, uh, uh, communists are very good at turning into like, oh well, it is what it is, or they'll use some little uh, linguistic technique to, uh, to make it uh, seem like it's almost irrelevant. Like human life, for example, they'll do that a lot with a human life. Uh, they'll they'll say it's uh we call it uh, was it back in the 1990s uh, collateral damage. Uh, that would be something that's human life, you know, collateral. Da- oh, it's just collateral damage. You know, no big deal. It's you know one life is a tragedy, but a million lives is a statistic. No, a million lives is a tragedy too, and then some. Um, it's an outright horror, but uh, but that's the way, you know, communists think or communists try to, you know, de-amplify or amplify just to paste upon emotion. You know, they'll take uh, like the George Floyd incident. They took one incident that happened in a city that we don't even, we still don't have all the details on and we never do. That's another media uh, failing. Uh, they decided that they they don't ever do a comprehensive, correct coverage of situations. Uh, they only wanted to tell, they got they got sell a narrative. So from that one incident, we created this whole drama over the rest of the summer, pretty much um, tearing down things, tearing out tearing down statues. That's just pure communism. It's just stupid as hell. Uh, the fact that our law enforcement officers sat back and did nothing, and that wasn't, and oh, by the way, that was at the behest of William Barr, who him and General Milley and that other ass clown, uh, uh Mark, whatever his name, Esper, uh, those three ass clowns were, uh, Trump had, Trump had basically had enough of it and was sick and tired of it, and I guess, you know, in a roundabout way, I could agree with that because now people say oh you can't crack down on these poor people they didn't do anything wrong no but you don't you don't just stand by and let them do it you don't let them tear apart businesses and burn down buildings you put their asses under arrest you use fire hoses and get them out of the fucking streets frank frank quite frankly that's what i would do uh i'm sorry i just you know and if they, if people get the the thing is is that that's what they wanted they wanted a reaction too but they said no let's not do that let's not do that at all so instead we had a lot of people get killed and got uh, two billion dollars worth of damage had all these communists running around and actually in actuality probably in many cases it actually there were a lot of people who probably felt like well I don't want Joe to do this I don't want Joe to be put in office but we'll never know because uh, we can't go down that route anymore. Um, <clears throat> it's just, I guess when I looked at that, uh, that situation, you take that one incident, which to this day we don't know how much of that was uh, set up in advance, that there was some, who knows how all that went down in the end. I do know that they used They they took that "quote unquote" crisis and made a great opportunity out of it. As Rahm Emanuel was good at saying over and over again, it seems to be the Democratic motto: "Never let a good crisis go to waste." Which should tell you a lot about what they think about. They take every news headline and they say, "How can we? How can we exploit this for political advantage?" Do you really want a, a government run by people that? take take a misery and try to, to convert it into political points all the time. I mean, I I don't know. That's just my 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 random thought is why would you want somebody who is that vicious uh running your country? And that is vicious, by the way. You know why it's vicious? I mean, if you really think about it, um what level when does that ever stop? You know, oh, well, you know, we need to we need to crack down even further on those people. Uh, we need to, uh, you know know—they're going to use anything, any incident that they can possibly come up with. Think of the DC uh, January 6; they used that as a excuse to put in uh, razor wire and turn Washington D.C. into a green zone and put four or five thousand troops on the ground. And by the way, those four or five thousand troops are miserable. And they hate their lives, and they wish they would probably never been a part of the National Guard at this point because of the way they're being treated out there. But that's a that's another side, you know. I don't know how how anybody who would be currently listed a, a part of the armed forces would even want to stay in that particular position. Um, if I had any uh, pull or emphasis on any of those people, I'd say. You probably should uh, resign your commission if you're a junior officer and get out of the military as soon as possible. Uh, if you really care and support and defend the Constitution. Um, I know that's a weakening of that that particular part of our uh, national security. I, 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 I kind of get that. Um, that being said, do you want to serve evil or do you want to serve the people? You oh, know, by the way... Um, it, it, it goes along with that aspect with uh, the communists. By the way, that uh, they recently uh, sent a little feeler letter. The Democrats, this tells you how evil they are. The their own the only the guy that they were so hell bent on getting into office. Of course, it was a pure puppet maneuver. They don't care about Joe Biden at all. He was just a he was just a Trojan horse to get power with, and they succeeded with it. I mean, they put all the money. They put all the aspects of. Of uh, Bloomberg and everybody else put their money in. I mean, Bloomberg put 1.1 billion dollars into the last election. If anyone didn't notice, um, anyway. So the J- Joe Biden, you know, he he gets inserted in office, and then it ain't a month into office that they are they're sending him a letter requesting that he uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, give up uh, some of his authority with regards to the nuclear codes. Now, why did world and in 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 their first, they had they even gave them the scenarios. They even gave them four options or three or four options. The one option, the first option was that uh, Nancy Pelosi and the vice president should have uh, some uh, say so in his, his ability to have uh, any armaments of the nuclear deterrent. <clears throat> and that's what it is. It's a nuclear deterrent, and it's very dangerous to play with that. Um, for the fact is, is that if if a if a supposed nation out there, I'm my voice is getting tired. Um. So if you have a European, the only real nations that would use it would, but think about it if China or Russia decided to launch their nuclear strike against us, <clears throat> they do it only because they know that we. Our process of responding to that is too slow. They could wipe us off the face of the earth and uh, nobody would be the, well, most of the earth would probably be pretty happy to see the United States of America die. They could care less about us. It's pretty bad how, how, how much maligned we have become because of all the assholes that have been running our country for the last 30 years, particularly the Bushes and the Clintons and the Obamas that have just, Bunch of disastrous fuckwads. <clears throat> if they, I I know that's not a good label for all of them, but yeah, I I, I think they've I think they've earned that uh, in in spades, between their foreign wars, between their gutting of America, um, they've all and their administrative uh, leave behinds of have, have done done the done uh, done their due diligence to continue that that aspect, so. They they've made a mockery of what everything that could have taken place after the fall of the Berlin Wall. But yeah, it's neither here nor there. So Democrats want to eliminate that nuclear deterrent, which, of course, seems kind of interesting because that's basically what I would do if I was uh, uh, basically committing treason against the United States. It's like, oh, well, if I make it so that your process for... Uh, response to anything not just nuclear deterrent but if i have your if I have it suddenly that your uh your military response is is beholden to uh, uh, not only the, and not beholden to the national security council but it's beholden to Congress who congress by the way is not not under is not ever listed as the chief uh commander in chief of the United states uh, military. Which is what they're trying to do. This is called a—it's a parliamentary runaround. Say they want the, they want to uh, demean or basically take strip the, the the executive branch of all its powers, and they <clears throat> they want to disperse those powers out to the agencies and, and also to the legislatures. And if you have the as long as you have control of the legislatures, which is what the Democrats are trying to do with the Senate and the House. Through uh, bills and organization, they're trying. to, This is a power grab uh, of epic proportions, at least in U.S. and at least in the U.S. mindset. I don't know about worldwide. I'm not going to compare it to that because I don't know. <clears throat> but in terms of the United States, they're trying to. These are the Democrats. These are the ones who, who were your your KKK members, not a hundred some odd years ago. Matter of fact, they were the biggest one. Of the biggest KKK marches was in the 1920s, and that was in Indiana. For for what it's worth, so this is the party of evil. That's the way I put it. They're just the party of evil. But you know, and I don't like to demonize all of them because you know, there's 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 probably one or two smart people in there that are actually not as quite as uh, asshole like as that. They they probably are low low on the totem pole of democratic power. But they vote. But if they vote with the rest of the idiots in that uh, caucus, they're just as they're. Uh, I hate to say guilt by association, but they vote with them. So I mean, in a, in a roundabout way, the Democrats are always always on board with the same thing. So at this point, I don't even know of amongst the two hundred and twenty of them, uh, they're willing to. You know, if you're willing to sell your soul to the devil, then you know, in a roundabout way, you are the devil. <clears throat> so. I just find that uh, that's that's where we're at with the politics and uh, the government, and then you got the legal process, which is a joke. Or uh, they didn't. Uh, our FBI is now turned against us completely. I mean, they're just a bunch of leftists that are infiltrated that entire corrupt apparatus. They apply the law. Uh, they they don't apply it along the lines of justice. They apply. They're trying to. They're trying to push this equity, which is far leftism it's just it's it's crap it's not based upon the crime it's not based upon it's not based upon the facts the issue the results the analysis the conclusion that you should draw from going through the process of getting a, a, a correct evidence based upon they don't want to do that they start with the conclusion and they work backwards they start with whatever their conclusion is and they say ah eh, let's see how we can make this work uh, it, it it's it's poison it's not due process it's not even it's not even a legal system it's just uh it's you know show me the man i'll show you uh show me the man, I'll show you the crime uh which is just disgusting education we know it's poisoned, and uh that's where feminism took hold in the education systems, and feminism just gets all their cues from marxism and it's emotional. And they picked their they pick their poison real well. There they pick women that were, uh, uh, who always felt like they were you know. If he, there are some good teachers out there. Don't get me wrong, but they're, the vast majority of them are overwhelmingly women and women can be manipulated. And now it's become even worse than that. Now it's just I don't know. I don't know what they're teaching. They're teaching critical race theory. They're teaching all this. Uh, uh, for example, uh, a couple of days ago. It turned out, and I didn't even know about this, and I live right here in town. I guess I should spend more time on the local scene. But uh, Purdue University hosted Robin D'Angelo of White Fragility. They paid her $7,000, according to Fox. And I just, I don't know how I even stumbled upon that report, but when I saw it, I just caught my eye and I, I archived it. So yeah, Purdue had a little flyer out and had a little vent with her here, discussing her book and discussing her thing and uh, she was uh, obviously attached to the Coca-Cola training system so here she was at Purdue University and it just appalls the shit out of me that that happened because as an attendee and a graduate of Purdue University I really really have a problem with that uh, but I'm not the only person who's attended a university where this, uh, this dumb thought shows up and she uh, pushes her uh, poisonous poisonous ideology onto people you know it's just you know try to be less white and uh, in her presentation that's from her presentation one of the things was try to be less white it's like how about we just say uh, everything about that is just communism and it's defeatist and it doesn't teach anybody anything you, your, your concept in life should be based upon something a little bit higher minded like a higher goal of, of actually trying to get people to progress in terms of when I say progress, I'm not talking about the political thing. I'm talking about uh, progressing their your mentality to fit, uh, uh, to achieve, always to be reaching for, striving for, or, or being motivated to become uh, a, a, a more secure, intelligent, confident, assertive. That was another another little buzzword she put in her presentation. She said, "Be less assertive no, you should be assertive in terms of your rights. you should be assertive in terms of your your responsibility over your own actions. You should be assertive in of of uh of the things that you're- uh uh not just a hundred percent sure of you can never get that, but you should be assertive towards okay, the evidence shows this the evidence that I've gathered the evidence that i can can absolutely through my own uh analysis through my own uh cognitive abilities put together you should be able to come up with a, a way to make that and uh, make that case you should be teaching people to be that way you should be teaching them also not to act uh without thoroughly thinking thinking through the long-term implications of what they're trying to implement so much of our society now is filled with idiots that are, are being told, be an activist, be a revolutionary. Uh, that's, uh, that's the Klaus Schwab. Uh, he, even he put it in his little pamphlet about uh, the Great Reset. They're just using communism as a way to install their little, little authoritarian dictatorship bullshit that they're trying to impose on the rest of us. And they're using the useful idiots that are younger people to do this. Because younger people have no perspective. I mean, I know what I was like when I was sixteen and eighteen years old. God forbid if uh, if I would have bought into any of that. But I was obviously too I was too preoccupied with sports and just doing my own thing. And I luckily didn't just wasn't a gullible idiot. I guess in that regard. And I understand where these kids are. And and uh, there was a little article. This is a few years ago. The Atlantic did it. The Atlantic of all things. And the Atlantic sucks to high heaven. But they were talking about how uh, the kids today, uh, 16 or 18 year olds, are about two to three years uh, less mature due to social media, due to their parental uh, helicopter parenting. And and uh, so you have kids that are 18 years old that are acting more like 15 year olds. And you have 21 year olds that are acting more like 18 year olds. So this immaturity is being being exploited now by these billionaire idiots that have deciphered the, you know, crack the code. That's the reason why they use social media so much. All that cyberbullying bullshit, they've been using it against the, the people, the very people who who were so worried about social media infecting everybody and imp- making people mindless drones. You know, the Simon Sinek's who did a presentation on this. Suddenly they're, uh, they're pulling that all together, and they're using it to to condition these uh, these drones I call them or NPCs or however you want to uh, whatever other label you want to put on them. That's again that goes to label what's in the name, but we know what they are. They're people that are immature. They have a very poor uh, identity. They have a poor identity identity formation they don't know how to identify themselves so what they use they use the most basic and stupid stuff that you can think of they think of their skin color they think of their their gender they think of their sexuality they use the most basic i i very basic almost incalculably irrelevant things cuz you can you can differentiate yourself on anything you can pick seven or eight categories of things and if you multiply the if you uh, you multiply those together, you can make yourself unique, you know, based upon your education, your handedness, the amount of Indian you have in you. I'm just using my own self, for example, with those particular things. You can take any series of events and put them together and make yourself. I'm the I'm the a specialist of the specialist, and guess what? I should be, be allotted for that. And then I know. And then when you get into the communism thing, it's all about finding an oppressor. So, of course, you know, because of who I am in terms of my skin color, I'm obviously automatically an oppressor, (laughs) which is retarded. But, you know, try to explain that to somebody who has a poor uh, identity uh, complex that can't figure out who they are, mainly because their parents have done or parent has done such a shitty job raising them. That's putting the blame where it belongs, which is with their parents um and many and many times we're talking about single parents now how do they get to be a single parent they had to make a choice along the way they made a choice at some point or another they didn't get the, not all of them lost their spouse to a death or if they lost them to death i'm sorry for them I, I i i'm not trying to over um let's just say uh stereotype it but we know that most homes are broken now with uh, divorce, and that's been done on purpose by, of course, their feminists that said, "Oh, you should have a, you should go out and get your career." But reality is, and here's the real harsh reality is, one parent, one one person home working, one person working, another person staying home with the child, or being available to the child as soon as they get home from school, or teaching them themselves is a good way to run our house. And, oh, by the way, you can have a good life. You don't need a 3,000-square-foot home to do that, man. You don't need a 2,000-square-foot home. Back in 1950, this is these are statistics, so it might be hard for some people, but back in, like, around 1950, the, the average home size was around 1,250 square feet. Uh, I think it was maybe about 10 years ago, uh, the average home size was around 2,200 or 2,300 square feet. Now, here's a funny thing: the size of families probably back then. I don't know this one off the top of my head, but I, I have a pre- prediction in my head that I would think that in 1950, the average home size was, or the uh, the average family size was significantly larger than the average family size that is today. Just my guesstimation. Now, now in that 2,200, and oh, by the way, because you have multiplication of of uh, because of divorce. Because you have uh, have now, you have two homes to go to. You have your your father and your mother, or, or however you want to present that, or stepfather and stepmother, and whatever else. You have duplication. Of course, that 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 helped the corporate organizations because duplication of power, duplication of cars, because you could have more cars when you have more uh, houses. Uh, everything you know created the consumerism, the emotion. And of course, they had to keep on ginning that up through the media. Um, and I've gotten way off topic here, but the point is, is the the whole structure of our, our society has been degraded by these idiotic policies, these uh, infiltrating poisonous ideologies from from uh, Russia, then China. When China became a communist com- country in 1949, Mao Mao probably put an edict out then. But by the 1980s, the edict was uh, readily uh, talked about. That China wanted us to supplant the United States by 2049. They hate us so much, and we have so many stupid people that think that these people like us. And I'm not talking about their their basic person in inside China. I'm talking about the communist part of China, which is everything on the coast, wherever the wealth is. That's where the communists go. Communists are lazy, but they love money. That 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 uh, there's another another thing about communists they love money and they love to get it through any means necessary, corrupt or otherwise. That's why uh, you see so many communists on the- uh, college campuses these professors are lazy, they just want to publish get their government dole they want to secure income from somebody, but they don't produce anything that's one that's one thing about um, the guy, the huckster I call him the Robert Kawasaki or whatever his name is or, Rich rich dad, poor dad. I'm not saying that there isn't anything to be learned from that guy, but he failed at a lot of businesses and whatever. But uh he he always broke down Rich Dad bro poor dad was the the poor dad <laughs> was the guy who was the the guy who was getting the government job from wherever the hell it was, uh who told him that he should just, you know, get yourself a great education, you know, go get yourself a master's degree and then go become a uh or a PhD and be a college professor, because it's an easy job. And of course, the communists love to sell it that way. That's last year. They've done everything they can to destroy the entrepreneurship of the United States of America. They've made it impossible for people to 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 start up a new job. Or you can do it from a home and online. But guess what? Then they're going to monitor and censor you if you have any anything that's outside the uh, norm of the establishment. They're gonna do everything they can to stop you. I hope this recording's okay in terms of my voice, but um my uh I guess my biggest problem with that is you know this country was built on entrepreneurship and individuality and, and the hard ruggedness that made made this country at least at least a, a, in many aspects. Not not perfectly so there was always going to be hardship. There always is hardship. And the thing is is we've had people who, who have like like the evil that is Bill Gates, that is uh uh Jeff Bezos, these people are monopolists and they're 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 another they're they're another is there is them out there a label that we should be uh, cutting down. There's nothing worse than somebody who has a great idea. Who makes a lot of money, who gets a good market share, and then uses that platform to exploit people even further. Not just not for their money so much, but then they start trying to do these do gooders organizations and they start trying to talk about things that they think they're smart on and they aren't. Um they introduce their philosophies and they try to poison our society with their bullshit. That's the things that bothers me. They use that they say, well, I've shown how successful I am. Now I got to show how powerful I am and I got to impose that on other people through censorship or whatever else same way with Zuckerberg and all the other idiots. Um I'm really I really th- this gets into the next topic or the final topic here is about um our philosophies. And this is the problem, okay. So many of us are um you know, you fall into certain certain categories based upon what I mentioned before of, uh, you know, whether you're uh, statism. So people would probably call me a statist because I believe in our constitution. I believe that there is a necessity for government, but the amount of government that I want is very, it would be very limited. Now I'm not a total libertarian. I probably would fall right in the middle. I'm probably more of a, uh, middle of the road uh, between authoritarianism and libertarianism, and by authoritarianism I mean that absolute control of everything, and libertarian, which is you know, just let the free market handle everything. The thing is, is uh, our uh, our assholes that 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 run this country, or the people that are trying to do it through technocracy and all this, uh, they they love to run to libertarian, they run to these polls. They acted act they act like authoritarians, but they always wanna they always posit themselves as libertarians. Oh, you know, you should allow us to do as much as we can. Don't you believe in libertarian market don't you believe in free markets? Don't you believe in letting us do what we want to do? We're just a b we're just a poor little corporate organization. We don't mean no harm. And then they go and they crack the shit down on everybody else. There, and then the government is allowing this now because the government said, hmm, how can we be authoritarian towards our people? best way to do it is just uh, use companies. You know, that's a corporate fascism model. Um, they've learned to adopt that into the – I mean, this is like a hydra. There's so many arms to this. It's, I mean, it's hard to even describe, but <clears throat> I mean – and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have a handle on all of it. I just have – have my thoughts and feelings about it because it's more of a feeling you you as a person out here in the real world or a person who has to pump his own gas and figure out how he's going to eat for the day without having somebody drive me somewhere or, or somebody uh, uh determining if I'm going to get paid the only way I can get paid is if I get paid through my own you know whatever whatever means necessary uh that's legal <laughs> Uh, I it, you, uh, that that gets back to D'Angelo with the uh, the seven thousand dollars. She got seven thousand dollars to show up and give a speech. That damn idiot. She made more money in a month than I made. Uh, it, it made more money than I make in a month easily, and she made it in a day pumping that hatred. But uh, so that goes to the statism. Uh, would I like that to shrink? I think we can keep the United States together. I think we could but we have about <laughs> we have a, a very entrenched percentage of people in between DC and the coast that uh, don't see reality at all they just i mean it, it, they they there's a lot of self delusion there and there's a lot of just pure corruption and comprom- uh, being compromised so um, i think i mean if i could restructure everything uh, you know you cut, uh, cut uh, spending by 50% or more. Um, we keep a strong military, but it would be tighter and more robust in terms of how it's uh, isolationist um, that we invest in our own country infrastructure-wise. Um, infrastructure would be the major thing. We have decrepit roads. We have decrepit electrical systems. Uh, I'm not. I put this way. I'm not all in favor of all that. But if you, it, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the kicker with all these assholes that in technology land, how many of them actually do anything for us? They don't. They get all that largesse, and what they do, they they just, they're just globalist asshats. They're all worried about everybody else in the world, but they're not worried about their own fucking country. You, the only reason why you have what you have. Is because you happen to do it in the United States of America, and then what do you do? You just turn around and stab us all in the back. I don't know who you grew up with, but you're, you owe, you owe a lot of people a lot of a lot of things, and these people have no guilt whatsoever. But the Bezos, the 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 I mean the the Gateses, they're all psychopaths. They they don't give a shit about nobody, and they ever did. But the fact that they rose to that level. Now they can sit "Tell me how many hours they worked and all this other shit." They only worked that hard because they had, they had minions do the work for them. They didn't do it themselves. Bill Gates especially. Bill Gates just came from a rich fucking family, and his mom was connected to IBM, and his dad was a lawyer, and he learned how to play the play the lawyer game, and he did did it well. And I give him credit for that much, but that's about all I'll ever give him credit for. I don't think that dude's written a line of code in 40 years, but whatever whatever the case may be. And I'm just using those guys as an example, same way with Mark Zuckerberg. I think he took his from Facebook. Some of that was from Harvard. Some of it was a, probably a DARPA system, or organization. It's all been about uh, uh, c- gathering little strings of intelligence, what came from the government. See, most of these people got, you know, kickbacks and benefits and bonuses to... Or uh, uh, subsidies from the United States government to, to open their organizations, tax breaks, all that shit. I mean, you know, all my, all those Amazon fulfillment centers didn't just magically pop up on the map uh, through f- uh, self-financing. Uh, they were hustled in. They they weren't all private organizations. They got a lot of money from public uh, sources in order or public lands. You know, that's what bothers me. <laughs> So they did all that. They make money. And then do they invest it in their own community? I mean, look at Gates, for example. He's up in uh, uh, Seattle, Washington. I mean, does anyone think Seattle, Washington is a good good city to live in anymore? Or do they think it's a third world shithole? It's funny that the third world shithole harbors, well, Seattle or uh, that. The, I, forget what's the, uh, uh, I forget what city he's actually located in right now. But it, it's not far from Seattle. So, how much investment has he really? I know he's made a lot of investment in Washington, uh, the University of Washington, like four hundred million dollars over the last fifteen years or so. And people say, "Well, he doesn't have to invest all his wealth up there, you know. He, you know, he's done enough for us. You know, there'll, there'll be people that make excuses for this asshole, uh, but you know, if he really gave a shit about." the country at all he could probably ease in uh, the things he invests in is always education it's always in sneaking in through the back door getting his little agenda pushed through that thing it isn't in in hard assets like infrastructure for the United States or something something invest in and hands off see people that are really meant to do good things they're like okay I give you an investment you do uh, I, I, I just want to make sure that we are clear on this is the this is what the, the the particular project is, and I want to see results from that project. Aside from that, you should keep your fucking hands out of it and move on uh, but you know I'm you know it's easy for me to tell him how to uh, how to use his money and I know there'll be a lot of libertarians out there that'll be like well you shouldn't you shouldn't be worried about what a billionaire does with his money. No, I am when they are doing what they're doing to this country uh, when you're using your money for evil, and I know you're using it for evil. And it has nothing to do with doing anything to build or make this country a better country. Then I know you're a cocksucker, and I don't really give a shit about your libertarian ideology. You can shove that right up your ass, and I'll 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 be glad to pack it in twice. Uh, sorry, that's just the way I feel about it. If you're gonna hurt, if you're if and you can tell me, oh, there's a, you know, how do you know? And you know. There's some good that comes from this, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of good from, that comes from this. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the good that's come from it from the last thirty years. Gates has several billion dollars going into the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. I think it was like six billion dollars over the past oh about eight to ten years. Who? What do you think he's been investing in? He's been investing in think tanks. He invested in the same shit that the the D.C. government does. He's a poisonous. He's a poisonous snake. He bites everything he fucking can. He just seeps all that venom. Is just poisoning our school systems, our health organizations. He buys up the medical field. He buys up college universities. He's a he's a parasite upon parasite. That's all that guy does. Is just parasite off everything, and he he does it through the he does it through the oh oh shucks I'm such a you know I'm such a wonderful guy now. After he was a monopolist and he got caught with the antitrust, and they couldn't do anything to him. But he, if you ever watch his little uh, watches, little testimonies he does before the Justice Department, he turns out he looks like a real fucking prick, as far as I can tell. He acts like a real prick in it. He can't answer a question straight. He'll sit there and he'll 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 play the little. What do you mean by that word? And he'll 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 do that. He, I forget there was a um, lawyer who was. I hate to pick on him, but he's so easy to pick on because he's behind all of this he is his paws are on all this shit that's going on in the United States, and I mean really on it i mean the world economic forum he's the he's one of the three strategic partners with the world economic forum uh him the welcome trust. And some other Norwegian organization, a foundation of some sort that's worth like 40 or 50 billion dollars itself. When I did a look up on it, that's it. That's a he. The, he's tied to that situation, and we know he is. We know that he, him, and a uh, Klaus Schwab are best buddies. I know how. Why, you know why I know that because was it Mallory who used to be the CEO of Microsoft or is the CEO of Microsoft I don't know I didn't pay a lot of attention to Microsoft over the last decade because honestly they don't mean anything to me other than giving me Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel and you can say well you use their products like yeah, yeah I also use Open open office and other products too does that make me a criminal no I just want people to give me a, a service I don't want them to give me their political ideology but I never got that anymore. So anyway, he uh Mallory Thrun Mallory or whatever the guy is, he co-wrote uh the book with uh Klaus Schwab, well, guess what? They neither one of them probably wrote the book. It was written by one of their stooges and they put their names on it, but uh their ideas are all over it. But he wrote co-wrote it with uh the CEO of Microsoft. So, I mean, <laughs> you don't need a go do need need anyone say more. I mean, how many how many tentacles does a guy have to have before you know he's a snake, uh, or know he's a, a octopus? <laughs> does he got to have uh, does he have to have more than more than six tentacles? You know, to be close enough to close enough for legal work. I mean, that's why I was talking about. Um, so when you talk about the state and the technology sector, the technologies uh, being. Uh, doing the work of the uh, doing the work of uh, authoritarian dictatorship. So in my example, there's three axes that usually get put down, brought down to simplistically two axes. So economically, I'm more of a I, I would say probably 80% to the right. I'm very much towards the individual operating, maybe 90%. I think everybody should make do what they can to be acting in an individual manner. Instead of acting in the collectivist manner, which is what you know the vast majority of our country now seems to think that socialism is such a good fucking idea uh justice I think for the vast majority of the cases overwhelmingly so, or for any situation that's presented where it's individual actors uh we should always be looking for you know what is the law and what is what how can we reach if we reach a point where it's You know, we should all be equal before the law. Uh, This equity before equity, uh, getting outcomes, is just just malevolent, and it's always a spectrum. There's no way you can. I mean, it's easy to to say I'm always 100 percent, without no shadow of doubt, uh, on you know this poll or the other poll. You may say that as moral consistency or. There's any inconsistency if you say, well, you say you're equal equal for all. There's always going to be a situation where you have a corporate entity versus an individual. And the corporation is probably going to be weighed against the individual. But if the corporation, in my estimation if they're if they're using utilizing tactics from a legal standpoint to make sure that the the individual person can never- actually exercise their rights, then I am more and more in favor of using a more equitable way of getting administering justice in that particular- scenario based upon that set of circumstances. But for the most part when we're dealing with individual you know situations or when there's a government situation where the government is is using every means necessary to to make sure that an individual can't can't use their rights that are established in the bill of rights then the individual definitely you have to weigh them in a in a higher light in my opinion but then again, like I said every situation is going to have its uh uniqueness that's the reason why I don't go to absolute says so it's, it's always one hundred percent of the time without question um that being said, on the authoritarian and libertarian, I'm probably more in the middle. Um, I probably would lean more towards libertarianism, but right now it's being, if libertarianism is being exploited so that people can use, like I said, the tech situation where you're using uh, the idea that they sh- if these are companies, they should be able to do whatever they want, and it, you know they're violating 230, well, we don't enforce 230, so if they're just going ahead and just doing whatever the hell they want, and then they're acting authoritarian while they're preaching a libertarianism, I don't get I don't like that, that just it just smacks of evil uh, and last uh, I guess the last little conversation is this luxury belief um, I stumbled across this term uh, about a year ago, but um, it was uh, developed by a guy, I can't think of his name but I, 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 he he developed it for somebody else, so I'm not gonna. I, I don't know. I forget the name. The idea is, is that you know we have a elitist class that are that are talking about these uh these belief systems or these beliefs, and they it's it's champagne socialism. Um, the idea that you know uh, it's easy for them to promote some some weird idea and say that other people should take them up on it. You know. Or you know, say, like abortion, you know they're that's not a weird idea, but say, Oh yeah, you know if you if you abort kids, that's okay, you know, because then you're keeping the population down, and it's virtuous, and you should do something like I mean, if they really try to slather on the bullshit of of virtuosity, it's just a luxury belief because. They don't care if it destroys the lower classes because that's the whole point of it. I mean, that's I think that's a vast majority of uh, people that reach a certain station in their life and they think that they can impose their belief systems onto other people because they think somehow they're doing somebody a favor. When in reality, they're just they're trying to usually they're just it's just pushing an agenda. They're not trying to assuage themselves of any guilt. They like to pretend that they're they're guilty. Uh, they don't feel guilt. I don't think they feel shame about anything. I think they literally just go around looking for ways to just make draw attention to themselves. And they want people to pay attention to what they got to say. Um, well, I'm going to leave it at that. I know I've talked probably for well over an hour or so. So take care of yourself out there and uh, we'll catch you later.